Hi, this is Kristen Regal. And this is Paul Rock. And welcome to the Common Room Podcast. Um, every Sunday at 1045, we gather together to talk about life and spirituality, about the common experiences we share, as well as some of the questions we wrestle with. We hope you enjoy this, and we hope to see you some Sunday at 1045. Good morning, everyone. May the peace of Christ be with you. Today's scripture reading comes from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, 4, 4 through 9. Let us listen for the Spirit speaking to us today. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. From now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Practice these things, whatever you learned, received, heard, or saw in us. The God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Well, thank you so much, Marcia, for reading our scripture passage today. And again, it's so good to see all of you and your faces. This week, we are continuing our Ordinary Joy and Extraordinary Time sermon series. As Christians, we are called to live with joy and to delight in God and God's creation. And to remember that God, God delights in us. God takes joy in us. That said, I'll be the first to admit it. When I hear Paul's call to rejoice in the Lord always, these words can rub me the wrong way. A few verses later where he simply says, don't be anxious about anything. I wanna say, Paul, if only it were that easy. This passage at first glance can seem a little naive or out of touch with reality. However, despite our initial inclinations to dismiss this passage, today I want to invite you to take a second look at it with me and to join me in approaching it with curiosity. Today's passage comes from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Christ followers in the city of Philippi. I want to give you an idea of where Philippi is. So I think, Alex, if you can throw that up on the screen real quick. Get a little bit of a map to see where we are. Perfect. So as you can see, we've got the city of Rome uh, on the left side, and then we've got the city of Philippi right there on the Aegean Sea. And Paul himself, he is writing a letter to this community um, that he has been in a relationship with for a long, long time. Um, and he's writing this letter on behalf of himself and Timothy, his partner in ministry. Paul writes this letter not from a really comfy, cushy place, but actually from prison. Paul is in prison and he is facing a sentence that could lead to death. Paul is in prison at this time and the Philippians he's writing to, they're also facing many challenges of their own. They're getting harassed and facing hostility from people outside of their community. And within the community itself, there are signs of internal division and conflict. Times are not easy, and the truth of the gospel is at stake. In this letter, Paul calls this community to live in unity, to practice love, and to live a life worthy of the gospel. 
He encourages them to imitate Christ in their actions and attitudes. Paul doesn't shy away from the reality of suffering and hardship, especially that which comes from following Christ. He knows of these hardships firsthand, and yet he says that the gospel is worth it. He trusts in God and lives with a hope that leads to joy, even in hard times. Paul's letter to the Philippians is characterized by joy, but it's a letter that is grounded in hope. So as we think about this letter, it is one that is, speaks a lot of, about joy, but it is also grounded in hope. And hope can have a lot of different meanings as a verb. It can mean to want something to happen or to be the, to be the case, but it can also mean to expect with confidence or to trust, to trust in its more archaic meaning. The hope that Paul has is different than this first definition. The hope he has, the hope that we hear about throughout scripture is based on a trust in God. It's a confident expectation that God will fulfill God's promises, that swords will be turned into plowshares and that righteousness and peace will kiss, that the resurrection is real and that Christ will come again. Philippians itself is only four chapters long, but Paul packs a lot in there. And I invite you to take a look at it this week. Paul's letter ends with the call to rejoice, which Marcia read earlier, but it also says this. It says, practice these things. Whatever you have learned, heard, received, or seen in us. Paul tells them to imitate Christ and to keep practicing these things that they have learned about Christ through himself and through Timothy. As he says, when you practice these things, the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. And not only that, the peace of God and the God of peace will be with you. The situation that we find ourselves in today is very, very different than that of Paul and the Philippians. However, this letter raises important questions. And the question that I wanna look at this morning is what are the practices that can help us to experience the peace of God and joy today? And as we think about that, I want you just to take a look at a couple of these pictures, which again, Alex, I'm gonna invite you to throw those up on the screen. So as we think about what it means to practice, uh, to practice the things that can lead us to peace and joy, um, we have to realize the situation that we are in. We are in the midst of a global pandemic that has touched every aspect of our lives. It's changed how and where we work, learn, worship, and play. Trips to the grocery store now involve planning and preparation and the wearing of face masks to protect ourselves and others. Economic uncertainty is in the air with cutbacks and layoffs and the closing of businesses around us. We are in the midst of a global pandemic that although massive in scale has touched each one of us personally and in different ways. Over the last month and a half, I have felt a mixture of emotions. I felt deep sorrow and grief, anticipation and anger, uh, even in the midst of all of this, some grief and gratitude and joy all of these things sometimes within minutes of each other. And although it's been hard, I've tried not to push away these feelings, but to sit with them, to name what is good and what is heartbreaking, to name what is hard and to also hold on to hope. Earlier this week, I heard from someone who I deeply, deeply admire. I asked them how they were doing and how life was going because I knew that they had many ongoing challenges, not the least of which is the pandemic. 
I was surprised as always that when I heard from them, there wasn't a tone of despair or anger in their voice. Instead, they had this deep peace about them that's hard to describe with words. They shared that they were doing okay in part because many years ago, they began a meditation practice. They knew that they would need to begin to build up their inner resources to deal with life's challenges and to begin to experience an inner peace in the midst of it all. They said again that most days they were doing okay in large part because of the practices that they had put in place, which helped them to experience the peace of God. I was struck by their emphasis on practice, that this person who I deeply admire, that this person who seems to just have this deep peace about them, that this was not simply an innate quality, but the fruit of many years of intentional practice. For some of us in this moment, rejoicing might seem like an easy thing to do. For others of us, though, joy might feel like a hard or nearly impossible thing to experience in this moment. But I think there is something about practicing, living in the ways that can help us to find peace and that can open us up to the experience of joy. Today, I want to focus on a few of the things that Paul mentions in this passage including how we might put them into practice in the midst of our current pandemic. As I mentioned, when I first read this passage, there were parts that really irked me and that I wanted to cross out. But as I've looked at it throughout the week, there are parts that I have decided to underline and to stick with. And here are three of those. The first of which is to be gentle. Or as the Apostle Paul writes, let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The word gentle here can have connotations of being generous with others. In this challenging season, the practice that I invite you to try is to be gracious and kind, to be extra generous with the grace and love you give others and yourself. In this season of pandemic, be gentle with yourself and others. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The second thing that I've been thinking about is Paul's uh, call for us to pray. I didn't underline Paul's words not to be anxious because if I'm honest, I don't really think they're that helpful. I did, however, underline what he says next, which is to bring up all of your requests to God in prayer along with thanksgiving. I think of this as praying with both hands. In one hand, we can bring up our requests and the things that we need. In this time, like all times, we don't need to pretend that everything is fine. God is there for us to turn to. We can hold our pain and grief in one hand. But in the other hand, we can hold gratitude and sometimes in the process of doing so, even find joy. A few days before the Kansas City stay-at-home stay order went into effect, my fiance Mark and I decided to postpone our wedding, which was scheduled for May 16th. We'd been planning it for over a year and a half. Just a couple of weeks after sending out our invitations, we sat down on our couch to weigh our options. I'm not someone who cries a lot, but I cried as we talked and as I realized that my dreams for this day were suddenly coming crashing down. Mark and I talked and cried and then we decided to email family and friends to share our decision with them along with words of love and reminders to stay safe. What I felt in that moment was deep grief. I grieved gathering and celebrating with family and friends. I grieved being able to walk down the aisle and to make my vows in front of the people I loved. I grieved the dancing and dessert and what was supposed to be one of the happiest days of my life. 
I sat with that grief for a few days and let it be. I prayed not with words, but with walks and tears and hugs. The following week, Mark and I began the process of rescheduling. Vendors went out of their way to make things work. Friends sent cards and cookies and wine and family members reached out with their words of love and support. What I began to feel in the midst of my grief was gratitude. Over the past few weeks, I have been praying with both hands. In this hand are my requests, worries, and pleas. Please bring this pandemic to an end. Please let a vaccine be developed soon. Please let my church members and coworkers and friends be safe. I lift up my requests and worries and pleas in this hand, but I also pray with this hand too. And in this hand is thanksgiving. I pray and give thanks for the grocery workers and for the nurses and doctors, custodians and techs, the security guards who are working at hospitals. In this hand, I name the joy of hearing birds singing in the morning and the gift of a new day. In this hand, I have joy as I recognize the red and yellow tulips that are blooming outside in, the, in our community garden. I pray with both hands. And when this hand feels a little heavy with the worries and pleas, I take time to say, what can I focus on that is good? And I lift both hands up in gratitude to God. I encourage you to pray with both hands. Finally, Paul says this. He says, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things. All that is true, holy, all that is just, pure, lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. Focus your thoughts. Throughout the day, we are inundated with news alerts and notifications, updates and information, and it is important to know what's going on in our community, our country, and throughout the world. However, when we feed ourselves a diet of endless updates and news reports, our fear and anxiety can skyrocket. Our thoughts can spin out of control. Writing down the things that we are grateful for can help with this. This practice can help us to focus our thoughts and to improve our well-being. It can open us up to the experience of joy. In a study that was done a number of years ago, participants were asked to write a few sentences each week. As part of the study, three groups were established. The first group spent time writing down the things that they were grateful for. The second group wrote about things that were burdens or hassles. And the third group wrote about neutral things and with kind of an objective perspective, not focusing on the good or the bad. What the study says is that people who focused on what they were grateful for experienced greater well-being. This study and similar ones that have been done have shown that taking time to write down what you're grateful for can lead to a more positive outlook on life and better well-being, improved relationships, and even better physical health. At the end of the day, take time to focus your thoughts. Take time to focus on what is good and just, holy and beautiful, and then spend time giving thanks to God for these things. For some of us in this moment, rejoicing can be as easy as breathing. For others of us, it takes more intentionality and practice. Engaging in practices that help us to experience the peace of God that can open us up to experiences of joy. Practice these things, Paul writes. Whatever you have learned, received, heard, or seen in us, and the peace of God will be with you. This week, my friends, I pray that you experience the peace of God 
and that not only that, but you have experienced the presence of the God of peace who is with you always. This week, may you find joy and reasons to rejoice. Friends, I hope that it may be so. Amen. As we continue to think about how we can practice ordinary joy in extraordinary times, as Paul mentioned, we are sending out different spiritual practices that you can try at home. And I encourage you to check your email tomorrow afternoon. We'll be sharing a new practice with you. But also, if you have something that you're doing to cultivate joy in your own life, please shoot me an email. I'd love to be able to share that with the wider congregation. Hey there, let me get gallery view open. Well, it's good to see a couple of you. Thanks for sticking around. Um, as we continue with the sermon series on joy, um, as I mentioned, one of the ways that we can cultivate joy in our lives is through a practice of gratitude. And so if you think about that, we wanted to give us a couple of minutes to share what it is that we find ourselves being grateful for in the midst of this pandemic and why. And um, as you think about things to be grateful for, maybe not just the things that come to mind, but are there things that have surprised you that you're going, you know, I'm really grateful for this, but if you would have asked me six weeks ago, that's definitely not what I, what I would have said. So uh, what are the things that you find yourself being grateful for in the midst of this pandemic and why? If you have anything to share, feel free just to unmute your mic and we'll just start the conversation that way. One of the things, um, like I said, is we've had a lot of uh, family and friends reach out, which has just been really wonderful. Um, my cousin who was uh, born the day before me, um, March 4th, I was born March 5th, is also getting married this year. And he always teases me because he's like, you know, I beat you to getting born. I'm older and I'm wiser. And he was supposed to get married in August and I was supposed to get married in May. And so I was like, yes, I'm finally gonna, you know, beat him at something. And then he said, he texted me yesterday, he's like, we're gonna reschedule to June 5th. And I was like, no, not again. Like really, Robbie, like really, like seriously. Um, but really in the midst of this, just the opportunity to connect with people and reach out and have those text conversations and just humor back and forth um, in ways that, you know, we text once a year, but just to have it a little bit more consistently is something I've been really grateful for. And to have him kind of uh, walking with me through this process has been really great. Um, but other people, anything else that you've found yourself being grateful for, or are there ways that you're finding joy in the midst of this pandemic, even things that you may not have expected or thought about? You know, Kristen, I, I was able to share with my, my breakout group, um, many people have asked, but um, we shared that uh, Aaron's parents both have been fighting COVID. And um, good news, and just thanks be to God, both of them are doing well. Um, his dad is, was about a week ahead or yeah, had it about a week before Aaron's mom uh, started showing symptoms. And so he really went through the worst of it, but neither of them were ever bad enough to go to the hospital and um, had lots of exhaustion, lots of respiratory stuff, lost their senses, you know, couldn't smell anything, couldn't taste anything. Um, but I mean, they, they've bounced back a couple days ago. We started hearing a little more joy and optimism. I have you know, even just some text messages yesterday that were a little more lighthearted and joking around was just a really good sign. So we're really grateful for that. And I don't, I don't know if that counts as a small thing to be grateful for. It's a wonderful, huge thing that we're grateful for, but yeah. Yeah, that's a huge thing. Congratulations. I'm so glad for them. And I'm glad you've been able to connect as well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful to see Max Penner looking 
good. Been thinking about you, Max, and uh, so I'm just grateful to see your smiling face. Well, it's good to be here, and I'm I'm thankful for all the people in the hospital. I told them, I said, I must be pretty popular. I said, I've never had so many nurses hovering over me. And they said, well, we're only doing about 10 surgeries a day where we used to do 40. And, uh, and so I was very happy with my experience and my recovery has gone very well. And I appreciate Kristen calling and I appreciate, mostly appreciate uh, being able to keep in contact and Melissa, our deacon, has done a tremendous job for us. And thank you, Christian, for for uh, calling and finding out. Well, it's good to talk to you, Max, and it's good to see you this morning as well. And I'm glad everything's going really well for you. Um, friends, anything else? Anything else to be grateful for? Or is there anything you're doing, like one small thing, as we said, to bring a little bit of joy or comfort to your life these days? We've been spending a lot of family time, so that's been really good. Uh, I was going to say one little silly thing is I really enjoy not having to make the 45-minute drive from Lee's Summit on Sunday mornings to come <laughs> up. It's nice to just roll out and attend church. But uh, kind of... Uh, piggybacking on on the church thing like I'm really we just started uh, attending we I think the first time we came to second was uh, the Christmas Eve services and so we haven't been you know we've only been attending uh, for a few months but I, it was a huge blessing that we found second um, right before all this stuff happened because it's been like we've done the couples group and our kids have, have done some of the youth group stuff um, through Zoom and it's it's been pretty awesome. So thank you. We have loved having them join us for youth stuff too. They were a blast. I, Geneva, I'm sure would agree. <laughs> I 100% agree. And that was the thing I was going to say is it's the time with the youth and time with families and the children of the church have been amazing. Um, and the youth, every time we get on, we kind of ask, how are you doing? Like, scale of 1 to 10. And on the whole, they've been expressing that, you know, it's not so bad. It's not as bad as they thought. Um, families are doing some really creative things. We've got forts. We've got, like, camping. We've got cooking and baking and, um, like, um, exercise initiatives that are happening. Like, it's it's been really inspiring to hear all of the things that are going on and um, all the things the families of second are doing to keep busy and to keep together. And personally, I just, I'm finding I'm making the time for friends more than I was. And like on one hand, that makes me feel a little sad for what I was doing before. But on the other hand, this has given me the focus and the time to really connect. It's virtual, but it's connection and it's important. Yeah. Well, friends, it is so good to see you this morning. And I hope that as you enter into this new week that you can find small ways to cultivate joy in your life and to find even, uh, even surprising ways to rejoice and that um, you find things to be grateful as well. And thanks so much for being here with us. As Paul mentioned, we've got a lot of things coming up, including the spiritual practices that'll go out tomorrow, Monday afternoon, 808 services on Wednesday night, which you can join via Facebook Live 
or if you don't make it at 8.08, they're recorded, and so you can go back to listen to those later in the week. And then next week, as Paul mentioned, is um, Mother's Day, and we'll be doing our tradition of wearing kind of fancy hats or fun hats and crazy hats. And so pull something out of that closet of yours, or if you want to, make your own, but we'd love to see you join us next week with a fun hat. Um, and as Paul said, if you've got wisdom to share from a mom or from uh, someone else who's been important in your life, feel free to pass it along to him. But I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Stay safe and stay well, and we will see you next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. So good to see you all.